Good morning. Really glad you're here this morning. We are wrapping up a message series that we're, we've called Everyday Missionary. And uh, I'd, I'd like to just go ahead and start with really a, a big question about life. And it's what would you like to accomplish with your life? What, what would you like to see at, at, at the end of your life? Some of us are closer to the end than others. Um, but as you look back, what, what would you like to see? There's a point at which I know as you, as you grow older that you look at your history more than you look at your future. Most of us in the room aren't there. Um, you might already be in a stage where you're taking some glimpses back. And what you see and what you've experienced to this point brings either fulfillment or regret. But as I said, most of us aren't there. But here, here's the big question for the morning. What would you like to accomplish with your life? There, there are all kinds of things we tend to focus on. You, you may have a bucket list that you want to to do, things you want to do before you die. Or you've been focused on working toward a comfortable retirement. Or you may want more than anything to see your children do well. You're pouring out into them. You want them to do well. You, you may have a, an enterprise you're aiming to build and grow. And the goal is to create products or offer services to really help people and bring joy to others. Or Maybe you're pouring your life out to teach the next generation. There are all kinds of things that we could pour out our energy for. Things we're doing good and noble efforts in this life. But the question we need to ask is, are these endeavors enough? Is, is, this, is this enough? What you find in Scripture is, God's put eternity in our hearts. And we were made to live everyday life for something beyond this life, for eternity. And so we've been looking at how Jesus sends his followers into the world. And he gives us an endeavor. He gives us a task that reaches far beyond this world. At one point, we looked a couple weeks ago at how Jesus told his closest followers, as the Father sends me, I'm sending you. And so we're sent. Followers of Christ are sent into our world to make a difference. Now, at the very beginning of his ministry, his time on earth and his time with his first followers, they were very focused on a very tight circle. And they shared the gospel with their fellow Jews. They were Jewish men and women. And they, they focused on this tight circle of our, our fellow Jewish folks. But what God did is he kept widening the circle. Just, just when we try to get focused on our own little circle, God bumps it wider and wider and wider. This is what he does. So in Acts 13... Paul and Barnabas were sent out by the church at Antioch to share Christ's message in other places with those who weren't Jewish. 
Wherever they went, however, as they went to different cities, the first thing they would do is go to the synagogue where their fellow Jews were, who would know the background of the story about Christ. And they would teach about Christ. They kept to their tight circle there, starting out with the Jewish folks. And many in the synagogues would follow Jesus. They, they would follow him. But most resisted and even attacked them for the story they were sharing for the good news about Christ that they were telling. It was intimidating to the leaders who were in power in those synagogues and in, in the Jewish religion at the time. And so in one town, they were, it says in Scripture, reviled for their message, which I think God used to confirm their call that they had received from him earlier. And they now turn to the Gentiles to share the message with them. Gentiles are anyone who's not Jewish. <laughs> that's, that's a widening of the circle right there. Here, here's Acts 13:47. It says, For so the Lord has commanded us, saying, I have made you a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. Now, I want, I want you to pay attention to what's happening. I've been describing it. We haven't read a lot of scripture about it. But what happened is Christianity started in a very tight circle among Jesus' fellow Jews. But soon, God led Paul and Barnabas to widen the circle and take the message of Christ to Gentiles, non-Jews. And this is what I've experienced. As I've been following Christ, I'm natively a very selfish person who'd like to stay in my own little circle. But what God does in my own heart is he keeps bumping the circle wider so that I can't just focus on me and mine. I've got to be concerned with what God wants me to do to contribute to the bigger picture. This is, this is something that, that God does in my heart and every follower of Christ. He keeps turning our hearts inside out to look to the wider circle. He's working in us to do this. The prophet Isaiah, uh, Isaiah, he predicted this hundreds of years before the scene I just read in Acts 13. He says in Isaiah 49, 6, he says, "It, it is too small a thing that you should be my servant. And he's talking about Jesus. It's too small a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob, the Jewish folks, And to restore the preserved ones of Israel. It's too small a thing to stay in that tight circle. This is Isaiah, hundreds of years before the events we just read. I will also make you a light to the nations, so that my salvation may reach to the end of the earth. God widens the circle. He said it was coming. (laughs) It's not enough. At this time in history, what was happening is, Uh, the Jewish people were focused on rebuilding their nation. So Isaiah is writing to uh, the Jewish nation, uh, Israel, as they had just returned from being scattered throughout the world by the Assyrians and Babylonians. And they had this opportunity. They returned to their homeland. They had this opportunity to rebuild Israel. 
And that's what's going on in the background of this passage here. They were focused on their own tight little circle of stuff. What was good for their nation. They were putting all their energy into rebuilding the nation. And this is the backdrop of where Isaiah steps in and says, rebuilding a nation is no small task. I mean, and it's, it's, it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing that you're doing. But it's too small a thing to keep out the salvation Jesus brings for the nation of Israel. It's meant to go out to the ends of the earth. Jesus' life. His death, his resurrection, shines a light on God's plan to forgive and save people from their sins. Jesus solves a mystery. We've been talking about this. That uh, The first week we said that Christians, Christ followers, are entrusted with the secret things of God. And there's a mystery involved to the gospel. It's clear the gospel can be shared and understood in a very clear way, but I think the reason there's this mystery involved is because it's not written in the sky. It's not on the hills. It's got to be told in order to be understood. And so there's this aspect that Christ followers have been given this endeavor, this task, to communicate the message about Jesus Christ and how he is the way to find forgiveness of sins. To find the life that God wants us to experience. So this is what we're called to do. It's, it's to focus on a wide circle and do what we can to contribute to getting the message to the ends of the earth. Now, does this mean that we need to pack our bags? And head to a remote part of the world where we can take the light of Jesus' message to that part of the world where it hasn't been told. Some are going to be called to do this. Most will not be called to do that. Notice Isaiah says, I will also make you a light to the Gentiles. What, what they were doing every day, rebuilding the nation, it was an okay it was a good thing that they were giving their time to. But in addition to their everyday tasks, God wanted them to consider, to widen their circle, to be involved in a much bigger enterprise than rebuilding their own nation. And God has for all of us, every one of us who follow Christ, we, we have a much bigger enterprise to take part in than just what we're doing here every day. God's people aim to bring salvation to the end of the earth in addition to their everyday tasks. You, you may be a parent right now with small children. Uh, Maybe a part of your everyday task to change diaper, an, diapers, answer questions, train pe- uh, people, <laughs> train kids how to tie shoes. I, I don't, all, all of these tasks and raising kids... Hauling them from one place to the other, get, getting, getting things accomplished, working out their schedules. You may work as an employee or as a business owner, and that can consume you. It's, it's not enough to stay focused on your own 
circle of responsibilities. God wants us to keep widening that circle. Christ followers must widen their focus to include in their everyday telling others about Jesus wherever they are, wherever they go. This, this, is, our, this is our call as followers of Christ. Now, some will be called to go to other countries. We have members of our congregation who serve in uh, Central Asia. They've gone out to serve the people there and to tell the story of Christ. They, they received a very clear call from God to step out and serve in this area of the world. And they aim to share Christ with a very specific group of people. Just like Paul and Barnabas were sent out from the church in Antioch to serve this way, God's going to call some to go to other countries. For the rest of us who stay in the U.S., there are ways to contribute to the worldwide mission in addition to our everyday tasks. Like I said, God's going to keep bumping the circle wider. He's not going to allow us to just stay focused on our own little world that we're living in and working in and pouring our energy into. He wants us to pour our energy into other things. In our network of churches, uh, the 17-6 network churches it's called, uh, we have many people who have gone out to other parts of the world with whom we partner and help on a regular basis. And I'd just like to give you a, a pictorial run-by of some of the things that we've done to help them. Gary Smith is a church-starting catalyst in Canada. He's now in Alberta. He used to be in the middle province, and it's escaping me right now. Um, but we, we sent a team to help him in 2011. They did a lot of hard work. And they helped a church plant in Winnipeg. <laughs> I just remembered, hey, isn't it great to see a guy get stuck on, on words? Um, they, they went to help a, a church that was starting in Winnipeg, and then they went out to help a First Nations group uh, prepare the way for a retreat. And so that, that's the crew that went. There, there are people on that trip from... Church in the Valley, and from Hope Church in, in Fort Worth. Uh, another team from two churches went to help a friend of, of mine in northeast India who was starting a church in Guwahati. And then um, Tim Owens is a friend in Bangkok, Thailand, who serves under another friend, Kelly Zabendan, uh, who leads the effort in Thailand and that part of the world for our denomination and some of our members have served on short-term teams uh, in Thailand. Here's one group. They went in the fall of 2013. They're members from our church and, and Hope Church. And what they did was they uh, did some work for a few days and then helped lead a retreat, take care of the kids for missionaries in, in that part of the world, Thailand, Laos, Vietnam, that area. Um, so... Another team went and did the same thing in 2015, the fall of 2015. We've also taken trips to Germany to support the Connection Student Ministry, started by Martha Moore, who's a member of 
one of the 17-6 churches in Huntington Beach. She recently moved to Amsterdam uh, after starting student ministries in Jena, Germany, Braunschweig, and Bonn, Germany, along with a ministry in Seville, Spain. And she's been there about 15 years, and this, this is, God's just really gifted her to lay the groundwork for starting these ministries. Here are some pics of a smaller team. If you back up a couple, I think that's the smaller team from Spain. Uh, and then we had a team that went to Germany in 2013 and a team that went to Germany in 2015. Um, some of the folks are going back to Bonn, Germany, to help Anya Geilert, who leads a student ministry there. She's a lady from East Germany who became a Christ follower under Martha's ministry in Jena, back in Jena, which is East Germany. East Germany is the least churched part of the West. So it's the least churched people in East Germany. It's a very low percentage of people that even go to church or are involved at all. Um, a few years ago, uh, we sent a team to Niger, Africa, where Stephen and Carol Montgomery serve. And Stephen and Carol are the parents of Ben Montgomery, who leads our worship at the Alhambra campus. We have several men in our congregation who have skills in audiovisual technology and in filmmaking. And so we, we sent this team to Niger, to Galmi, Niger, to uh, help the work there that they were doing uh, by creating videos that would let everybody else know what was going on there. And I'd like to share uh, one of the videos they did. They, they, they got all kinds of footage. They, you know, it was quite a trip. I think they worked from early morning to late at night. And they, they really helped out the work that Stephen and Carol are doing just by creating things that would let everybody else know here in the States and other places, the kind of work that was going on so they could uh, build some support. So I'd like you to see one of the pieces of their work that they put together. For Yakubu and Yap, they've always known that God was calling them to give their lives to the Nigerian people and to bringing the gospel and healing for bodies. I came to Galmi and um, <clears throat> my first visit really was so impressive. I grew up here. I did my studies uh, in Niger, but I've never came to Galmi to look at what is happening inside. Everything that I know was, was outside. When I came here 18 years back, Galmi was like a dark place, but now there's light. That means something is moving, something is improving. The hospital and the people also, and the environment and the country also. Yakub and Yap are gifted and courageous leaders. They've often provided vision and they're always providing challenge and support to others toward growth and maturity. He helps us in conflict resolution and problem solving. He just brings a completely different perspective um, which adds so much wisdom to situations. They're wonderful, generous people. They're always uh, ready to help, uh, whether it be the needs of the patients or the needs of the staff. Both of them have incredible skill in terms of 
um, their cultural understanding and also of their uh, linguistic abilities. Yap is a gifted evangelist. She rarely interacts with a patient without sharing the gospel and has such a gifted way of sharing. Um, she loves to talk about Jesus. She loves to talk about God's grace and is bold in her witness and is um, fearless in how she shares. I mean, he did a residency also in France, and he could have stayed in France. Most doctors that leave Niger, they don't come back. But technically, as a surgeon, um, you know, I think he's one of the, the best surgeons I've uh, seen full stop in terms of his abilities, his range of abilities, and his technical capacity. He's an excellent, excellent surgeon. He's an excellent teacher. And we are so blessed to have them on our team. Yeah, I love working with them. Uh, I'd recommend to anyone if there's an opportunity to support them in any way, um, I'd certainly encourage them to do that. Yakubu and Yap are both highly contributing members and also beloved partners in the work here at Gomi Hospital. So I show that to you just to give you a glimpse of some of the work that they did and produced very well done. Uh, and they were trying to help uh, the couple raise some funds uh, for their work there. Uh, here, here's a man who's given up. You know, he, could, he could have made a lot of money in France, done very well, given that up to go back and serve in his country to take care of people there. If God hasn't called you to go, there are ways that we can support what's going on around the world uh, from here, take short-term trip. But if God, God hasn't called you to go, you can make a contribution from right here in many ways by praying, giving, and going short term. As we consider living for eternity, living every day and beyond, most of us are going to be called to invest from here. He wants, God, God wants his followers to view the world with a wide-angle lens. That means as we're walking through our day, he also wants us to widen the circle of the people that we're thinking about and considering as we walk through the day. It's so easy to get focused on our little circle of life, our family and friends, that we miss those around us who don't yet know Jesus. Here, here's a picture. Uh, the picture on the left was a narrow focus lens, and the other one's a wide. It's the same picture. The one on the right is a wide-angle lens. If you're, if you're going through your day with a narrow focus, you're missing all kinds of people. There are, there are many more people in the picture than you're seeing if you're just focused on your own small circle. We don't have to give our life a major overhaul to notice, to connect with others, to share the gospel with them. Often it just requires a minor tweak to our schedule, our outlook, our focus. It means taking a little extra time to serve someone at work, maybe listening to them or engaging in a conversation about spiritual things. We can be on the lookout for needs that we can meet of the people around us. We can notice the people that we're interacting with as a real person and offer an upbeat word of encouragement or appreciation. If we make some minor tweaks in life, small investments like these can turn into a lifestyle 
of serving others and sharing Christ with them as he opens the doors to do that. Here are some specific ways that we can make an impact from here. An everyday missionary can give, first of all. Being a missionary near and far costs money. In the New Testament, as churches were being started rapidly and many people were becoming Christians, uh, missionaries were supported uh, by churches full of people who had a heart for what was going on outside of their own city and their own area. They had everyday jobs and they would give so that teams could go and share the message. Paul commends the church in Philippi for their partnership with, with him in Philippians 4. Yet it was kind of you to share my trouble. And you Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church had entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving except you only. Even in Thessalonica, you sent me help for my needs once and again. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. So we can have a part of the action in what's going on as people serve all throughout the world by giving. That's what Paul means by um, you, you participated, you teamed up with me in giving and receiving. It's we give and God gives some of the credit. We get a piece of the action in what he's doing around the world. Paul was commending the Philippians and showing appreciation for them that they were looking beyond themselves, beyond their own city. When you give to Church in the Valley, uh, you support mission efforts here, for sure. Uh, most of the gift goes to what we're doing here uh, in San Gabriel Valley, the Inland Empire, uh, through our efforts to reach uh, the community as a church. We, we also have, last year we started a building and expansion fund, and the key word in that is expansion. We, we need space, and so we're looking for another place to meet, which is going to require uh, potentially uh, money to purchase something. We'd love that. I don't know when that's going to happen. But uh, we started the building and expansion fund because uh, we've filled up the kids' spaces, particularly here, on a, on a day when everybody shows up. This room's fairly full as well, but particularly we don't, we don't have any room for more kids, and we, we love kids. <laughs> and what happens is when you get to the point where you're, you're full in either the adult worship area, the kids' space, or in the parking lot, you're, you're sort of bound by the space that you have. And so it keeps you from expanding. So we started this last year. We have $185,000 in, in the fund. And so as you give your regular offering, and then you give to that, you're giving to the work here, the, the missionary work that we're doing right here among us. Um, but beyond that, a portion of what you give to our general offering supports missionaries who are serving in different places. There's a little wider circle. Some of the money goes to Christian Challenge Student Ministries at the University of Southern California, Chico State, and now Fresno State. Uh, we also support missionaries around the world through our giving 
to what is called the cooperative program. It's a, it's, it's a cooperative effort of our denomination of churches, and a portion of the money goes to the cooperative program. It's given to the International Mission Board, and it goes out to support some of the folks that I mentioned to you this morning. We also support 17.6 Network of Churches, who aim to multiply life-changing churches in the cities of the world through training programs for both lay and vocational ministry leaders and other things that we're doing. We also specifically support the members of our church, Church of the Valley, who are serving in Central Asia that I mentioned earlier. It's, it's too small a thing to just think about our own life. And for a church like ours, it's too small a thing to only think about our own budget line items. We want to continually be asking God to stretch our faith, and we give to helping others reach people for Christ. If you don't yet give, you can give and play a key role as an everyday missionary through your giving, and these are some of the ways that it's being used to move, to expand the kingdom, to get it to the ends of the earth. Another key role of an everyday missionary is to pray. We looked at Colossians 4 last week. Uh, I'm not going to read it again. But God will open doors that he won't open if we don't pray. If we pray, he opens doors. He gives opportunities. And he works and responds. I'm not quite sure how he does that, how he factors everything in. But as we pray, we have opportunities to share the message with those around us. Another key crucial role uh, of an everyday missionary is to invest. We can invest in those around us by, first of all, seeing the people God brings around us, by paying attention to them, by showing love to them. And Christ's kind of love is sacrificial. To be a witness means we sacrifice our time, our, our money, and possibly our reputation to help, to share the message. To let others know. Paul wrote another letter to a church he started in the city of Thessalonica, which is uh, in modern day Greece. And he reminded them of what it took for him to help them grow, to know Christ and begin to grow in him. In him. Look at 1 Thessalonians 2. As apostles of Christ, we could have been a burden to you. But we were gentle among you like a mother caring for her children. We loved you so much that we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well, because you had become so dear to us. You, you can feel his heart for the people he served. He wanted them to know Jesus. He wanted them to figure out what it meant to live for something greater than their everyday life. He loved them. He held them close as dear friends. They, they weren't a task that he was checking off the list. They weren't a project. They were people whom he really loved. He had traveled a great distance to reach them. He stayed with them for weeks to show them what the Christian life was all about. He didn't send an email or text, which he couldn't have done, by the way. <laughs> he didn't send a letter. He did send a letter. Okay, he did write a letter when he couldn't go see them. But he had poured his life out for them. Stretching beyond his own comfort and convenience. 
He invested in them like a mother would care for her own kids. Here's another analogy he used in 1 Thessalonians 2. For you know that we dealt with each of you as a father deals with his own children, encouraging, comforting, and urging you to live lives worthy of God, who calls you into his kingdom and glory. Dads who love kids make an investment in them. They spend time with them. They pour into them. They work to provide for them. They sacrifice for them. They urge them to do right. They, they help them by training them in the discipline that they need to make life work. Why do they do this? Because they know that their investment is going to have a major impact on the types of people they become. So dads pour into their kids. They urge. That's what dads tend to do. They urge their kids to do right. And they encourage them to move forward. It's the same for us as we consider relating to the people around us. If we want people to commit their lives to follow Christ, we need to make an investment in them. We need to love them and show God's love to them. And then... Ask God to open doors for us to share the message with them. The final way we can be a missionary every day and beyond is to invite. We talked about this last week. As we invest, we can invite people to Sundays and other events at church. The passages next to the word invite on your listening guide describe early Christ followers who threw parties to introduce their friends and family to Christ. So they put the party together, they had an event, they invited people over and they met Jesus and Jesus taught them. And we can, we can do the same. Ne- next week, Joel mentioned we're starting a message series designed to be attractive to those who don't yet know Christ. We do different kinds of messages here. And this one is designed to be attractive to those who don't yet know Christ and be a help to those who do. And so I want to encourage you to invite people. Use the flyer in your program to invite people to the sweet life next week. It's one way to be a witness. And it's an easier way uh, to be involved in the big picture of what God's doing in the world. I'd like to wrap up the message by asking you to think through some next steps. If you wouldn't mind uh, pulling out the connection card out of your program Uh, The next steps are listed on the back of your listening guide. They're also on the back of the connection card. And I've made some suggestions, but after you fill out the complete filling out the connection card, you can drop it in the offering when the ushers come by as we receive it. Uh, Here's here's the next step suggestion. Circle the action steps that you would like to take this week. I want I want to give. I want to pray. I want to invest in someone. Maybe God's put someone on your heart that's around you that you've been ignoring or people that you want to begin to pay attention to and make an investment in. Um, And then there may be someone that God's laid on your heart to invite next week. And so that would lead us to the second step. Pray for that person or those people and invite them to church next week. Those are some steps you could take to apply the message this morning. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for 
just all that you allow us to be involved in, God. You, you've given us really the, the opportunity to be involved in something much larger than ourselves. Thank you for the privilege of serving you. Thank you for trusting us with the message of Jesus Christ who forgives sins and helps, helps us to uh, really walk and have a relationship with you, Lord God. We thank you for what you've done. And I ask for the power to take the steps that you've laid on our heart to take today. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.